Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Jane Ostler, the EVP of Global Thought Leadership at Data Analysts Kantar. Now, this week, we're talking about if your brand should get involved with social issues. Thanks for downloading. There's lots going on in the world. A heck of a lot. The the war in Ukraine, the possibility of a recession, the cost of living crisis, high inflation, lots and lots of political shenanigans everywhere. Uh, Should brands get involved with any of this? Now, this week, I'm joined by Jane Ostler, the EVP for Global Thought Leadership at Data Analysts Kantar. Now, calling on their research, Jane kind of explains what customers expect from brands around social issues, the kinds of social messaging we need to focus on, and how strategy is absolutely vital. Now, you can find Jane on LinkedIn and Kantar on their website, where you'll find lots of their public research. Just check out the links in the show notes. Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is ad free. Lovely if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media and subscribe on your favourite podcast app. You can find more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Jane was if she thinks brands should be talking about difficult topics. Well, I think if, if you start from a slightly different, different perspective, hmm. which is we know these are all things that concern people right around the world. We know that um, people are most concerned about war, you know, the economy, uh, climate and environmental issues. All of those things do concern people. Now, you know, the question about whether brands should be talking about them um, is probably not a simple yes or no, um, as as you probably would would guess. There's it depends. Right. So there are many brands who are attempting in their own way to talk about the climate, environmental, sustainability issues as pertain or as relevant to their products and their services. Now, whether it's a kind of key message in the ad or whether it's something a bit more subtle that's sort of being implied um, throughout the communication. So many more brands are obviously um, looking to communicate with their consumers, Mm. either about their policies or how they're changing their packaging or, you know, and, and, many other things um, as well. Um, When it comes to things like the economy, because I think you do have to break these things down one by one, you know, there are things that brands can do. We know from our research that there's any any point in measure talking about these things in your comms if you're actually doing something about it. So the I don't know if you remember, but during the sort of early phase of the COVID-19 pandemic, there were quite a lot of ads that spoke about you know, we're all in this together. Um, And, you know, anyone from automotive to, um, you know, household product, you know, brands were talking about that kind of stuff. And that didn't wash at all. It didn't land with consumers. Those messages are too vague, too highfalutin, and ultimately don't mean anything, don't really relate to the product. So if you are going to talk about the economy or the cost of living um, make sure you're doing something useful or helpful either it's sort of handy hints or tips or it might be that you're talking about how to use your products in a a different way or um, it could be that there are some other sort of price mechanics going on with your product where you're maybe reducing the price or you might be um, maintaining your price but emphasizing the quality of your product or your service 
Um, you look at something like, I don't know, even Netflix, for example, reducing a monthly subscription fee, sure. you know, so that, you know, but those people will obviously uh, have to see some form of advertising um, while they're watching their Netflix programming. They don't necessarily refer directly to that in any of their communications. But obviously, that is a cheaper way to watch Netflix. So you can do these things in a kind of overt way or a subtle way. Yeah. I think the war is the probably the most difficult one sure. because obviously it does impact some people absolutely hugely. You know, the further away you are um, from that situation, perhaps it might it might have impacted your energy costs or some supply chain issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't get certain products or services. So it really, really depends. I would say war is probably um, the most difficult um, sure. thing and it might be more relevant the nearer you are to that situation. Yeah. The economy um, and climate and environmental issues, it depends on the category. But yeah, yeah. communicating these things in the right way is really important. It's not just the fact that you're talking about it. Usually when it when we're talking about sustainability, for example, actually being positive helps. Yeah. We know that that results in more effective ads. Yeah, I, I, I think t talking about these these different messages on, I mean, I, mean, I remember mm. back to the we're all in this together type of thing. And, yeah. and, and it works to a certain extent. But then when you've got a company, a giant company, who is making... Mm billions of pounds, dollars, euros profit and saying we're all in this together. And you know the senior management are in a cabin mm. in the middle of the woods somewhere protecting themselves. Mm. They're not having to go to work or work in a hospital or get on the train in the morning or something. And people know that, don't they? It's like the electric company. I remember one of the electric companies uh, in the UK a few months ago was doing sort of like hints and tips to save energy. And they were telling people to put jumpers on at the same time as mm -hmm. making billions of pounds of profit. Yeah, obviously there's the issue about sort of you have to say mm. something that's you know authentic or yeah. authenticity is a word that's much bandied around but it has to be you know uh, you know it has to be true and it has to be realistic and it has to be sort of not patronizing and believable is is the main thing any any claims you make there i mean the other issue with that sort of ad as well is that ten that there is a tendency for the branding to get lost you know we're all sure. in it together blah blah because you know some of these things can be so generic um, that actually the branding impact of the ad can go down. So in the end, it could be an ad for anything. Yeah. So actually, you've just wasted all your production budget. You've wasted all your media budget because no one can remember what the ad is or what it's yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. So um, from a sort of effectiveness point of view, it doesn't it doesn't really work. Um, but also, as you say, um, ads have to be believable. You don't you don't want um, to alienate consumers by saying things that um, aren't aren't defensible. Yeah. So so do you yeah. think brands need to put their money where their mouth is? I'm thinking um, North Face, Patagonia, folks like that, yeah. who actually put their money where into social issues and they, they follow yes. up the message, don't they, properly? Yes. And obviously they're, they're a, a leader in, in many things in, yeah. in that sort of yeah. in that sort of territory. And, and the founder has pledged to give, you know, all of his all of his money, you know, to towards, you know, sustainability issues in the yeah. future. I think I think the best thing that brands can do is to do what is credible. And obviously we have there's a lot of talk about, you know, net zero and um mm. add net zero and that sort of thing. And, you know, having targets is important. Looking at every aspect of your business and how it's managed 
from a sustainability point of view is important but ultimately uh, as time goes on consumers will expect these things to be happening and you know the other interesting area that i think is happening is where there is overclaim (laughs) and there is there are a few examples the asa has been cracking down on this fairly recently you know with uh, a few examples of brands who'd come up with sort of like help save the planet you know by drinking our product it's like well no you've gone too far there mate you know you you just just do what you can within the realms of your ability don't try and overclaim um so i think that's that's an interesting area for brands to get involved in but i'm constantly surprised when we see these examples from the asa because you think how did that get through yeah you know, the yeah. agency team, the marketing department. It's a nice, oh, yeah. bold statement, but really? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it astonishes me, to be honest with you, because, I mean, my background going back many, 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 many years ago was radio. And I remember for a very short period of time, I wrote some copy for radio ads. And we, nice. everything had to be run through through the, the legal person yes. upstairs. Yes. Everything had to be. And it just astonishes me that all this stuff actually gets, I, don't, I just don't think people think anymore. I don't know. No idea. <laughs> well, that's, that's that's another topic altogether, isn't it? <laughs> it but is. Absolutely. You're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. That the issue as well, I think, is that there's so many more places for ads to appear, right? Yes. So, you know, back in the day, there was like, you know, there's just a few channels, you know, telly, radio, cinema, you yeah. know, print, whatever. Um, there's so many digital channels and so many different variants of ads. There are so many different messages yeah. that can go out there. That, and it's um, do it yourself. Maybe isn't some it? of them. Do it yourself, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Some some of it is, and you know, and some of it also is being done by somebody else for your yeah. company, like influencers, for example. So sure. the control that brands might have over what influencers are saying, and they might say, oh, you know, just be your authentic self. And, you know, but maybe the influencer doesn't understand what you're allowed to say and what you're not yeah, supposed yeah. to say in advertising. And so um, there's a kind of, there is a sort of responsibility chain, I think, that needs to be perhaps re-examined. Yeah. Do, do you think brands, when we talk about putting money where their mouth is, do you think they need to communicate this a little bit more? Because I remember reading reading a book about Patagonia, and yeah. um, and, I, and and it didn't just go for the for the giving all the money away and setting up funds and all this sort of thing. When they mm. were when they were buying this this wool, this this filling, this wool type thing, right? And mm. um, mm. they could have bought it from one place and made five million dollars profit, or they could have bought it sustainably mm. from somewhere else and paid. Mm farmers proper money and made three million dollars profit well they chose to go for the three million dollar option so they lost they could have made five million dollars but do you think brands need to communicate that they sometimes do that well it's it's interesting isn't it because we know from um our research that you know people do want to buy environmentally sustainable Mm. products 75 percent of people globally say that but um, you know, their concerns are that cost can get in the way. And, you know, and, uh, 70% of people agree that even if they can't afford to buy products that are better for the environment and society, it doesn't mean they're actually less concerned about those things. So there's a, there's a bit of a conundrum there. Now, you know, but if you dial back maybe 10 years, maybe 15 years, that companies would have their ads you know, maybe maybe less than that, actually. And they would communicate about their products and services and all the benefits and all the wonderful things those do. And then they'd have a sort of separate strand of activity, which was kind of 
CSR, Corporate Social yeah. Responsibility Comms, and then, you know, that might be a kind of two-minute film on YouTube, or it could be, you know, a, a separate section in the annual report. Now they're sort of separate reports on, on their own. What we're seeing now, I think, is the sort of subtle and sometimes not so subtle weaving in of those messages into communications. Now, what we do know is that overloading your ads and your comms with too many messages can be confusing. So if you're trying to get across three sustainability messages and a message about why emotionally you should engage with this product or service, you're probably doing too much. Um, in uh, You're expecting too much yeah. of one piece of communication. So, you know, you, there are different ways of, yeah. of slicing the pie here. Yeah. It might be that these things are sort of backup messages that you can run on different channels or that it is a, a message overall. But fundamentally, as I said, you know, these matters should become hygiene factors. We know yeah. they're not at the moment. Consumers should be able to find out these things if sure. they need to. But ultimately, you do want them to purchase the thing in the first place. Yeah. So you have to talk about the thing. And I think, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of ads that yeah. maybe are trying to do too much and are therefore quite confusing. So it's important to yeah. separate the messages and have a sort of hierarchy, if you like, about yeah. what, what, the, what the communication is for. I, th I think the authenticity, you mentioned authenticity, and I hate it when people mm. try to be authentic because you see a lot of brands trying to be authentic. And if you're trying to be authentic, you're not being authentic. You're just trying to be something that you're not. But it's the authenticity yeah. side, the honesty side, the, the transparency. I, I read something mm. um, over Christmas that, that, that there was a company who, I think they, they were bragging and bragging and bragging that they planted 9,000 trees, right, to mm. combat all their emissions and everything like that. What they didn't tell you, was that 6,000 of the darn things died in the heat, you know, when we had 38 degrees. So 6,000 yeah. of those trees died. And it's like, mm. oh, wh why aren't they turning around and saying, look, we planted 9,000 trees, 6,000 died, so we're going to be planting another 9,000. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's where, yeah. you know, obviously, if, if you start embarking on a form of activity that is, you know, public and, um, yeah. you know, part of your strategy, you need to um, evolve it and 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 defend it as well and it's that's why it's important for brands to actually have a brand strategy and not sure. making it up as they There's, go along yeah, yeah, you yeah. know to have a, a brand strategy that's believable that's been tested with you know real people and can evolve as time goes on um you know and any activities brands undertake obviously um need to be very carefully managed but you know that's another sort of yeah, you know, yeah. part of yeah. the business in it in itself uh, do, do you think audience demographics matter as well? Do you think everyone wants a brand to take a stand or, or be engaged or something? Is it just the younger folk? Um, I think what we see in our research is there. It depends. It depends mm. on on the issue. It tends to be younger people who feel more strongly about many of these issues, but by no means exclusively. So it's very hard to draw a sort of you know a, a general conclusion yeah. there. You know, there's there's another point that. You know, you could argue that marketers with marketing budgets and um, products and services to communicate and sell actually do have a, a kind of a, a responsibility. And that might be persuading people to do things that they're not quite bought into yet, yeah. you know, whether it's, you know, changing your purchase habits or changing your way of buying products so that the packaging is less um, less problematic sure. or something so 
I think just because you obviously need to understand where your consumers are coming from and yeah. communicate accordingly, you might need different messages or boosted messages to yeah. certain audiences. Um, but there, we, there is this thing called the value action gap, just because people believe that they should be helping the environment or saving on packaging or, or whatever, you know, not using plastics doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, those products are available at the right price in the supermarket they shop in regularly. So yeah. you might believe a lot of a, a lot of things. I think marketers have a responsibility to make sure that, you know, their distribution, um, their their pricing, the availability of their products actually helps people to make those things real. Yeah. Yeah, I think um I think understanding your audience is obviously important, isn't it? Because I'm, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure there's a segment of the audience there. There's some maybe it's an older audience. I don't know. I mean, it's not me. I'm quite old, and I'm <laughs> I'm not. I don't feel like that. But I mean, there's got to be a, a kind of like a an audience who's just like, oh, just sell me the shoes. I just I don't want to yeah. hear about all the just. I know you're a company. You're making millions. Just you know, a cynical old man, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, and, you know, this comes down to, I think that there, there's a couple of things is, you know, focus your communications, um, understand what people are thinking, so don't yeah. make them unhappy in the process or divert them away from what you're trying to do. But also, you know, you know, not every single product or service needs to be communicating these these things. Some sure. can do it in a more subtle way. Some, it can be sort of a sub-message. Others, it can, you know, just be something that you, you know anyway, just, you know, and... I think that it's it's a balance and I think it yeah. you know I would say this wouldn't I but I would say the important thing is to test your communications with your different audiences see what resonates see what doesn't um see what makes them unhappy or or angry re-edit the ads if you're targeting your comms in in some particular kind of way it, it's common sense really um but i think the strategy is the important yeah. thing is don't start getting yeah. involved yeah. with things that are inherently unbelievable you know don't don't sort of hang your hat on on one particular peg that could be generic you know um it has to be relevant for your brand yeah um the, the bump which came through about Kantar had a really interesting line in it when i was does anybody use the word bump anymore well, I don't. I haven't heard I it for know. a while. I'm laughing no. actually, but I'm yes, I know. I know bump. what you mean. Yeah, yes. it's like it's like you used to describe like a all the junk that dropped through your letterbox in the morning, wasn't it? That was the bump. Yeah, but this is this is this is this is not that though, is it? No, this, this is, is highly about, valuable no, data and insights. Highly, yes, that, you know, I should yeah. not call it bump. It's proper no. research. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the, exactly, the, the, the yeah, one but, line which which stood out for me was um, yeah, it said that the folks value the brands that are meaningfully different. And that that's yes. great. That's a great line. But then when a marketing hmm. person has to actually put meaningfully different into practice, it yes. instantly becomes really difficult. So how would you describe what that means? Well, it, it, it's, um, it, it is a, a framework, a meaningfully different framework. It is a framework that we use to measure the different dimensions of a brand's equity. So it is something we can actually measure using our tracking data we sort of if you like we apply it to lots of our products and services so we know whether a brand is being meaningful or, or whether it's being different so it has a number of aspects one is um if you're perceived as different and you and you stand for something you are it's all of this is all about creating brand value the point is that meaningfully different brands tend to be the ones that 
come out on top that might win in a category you know might innovate more they have communications that resonate better your question really is about how you do this yeah and these are things that can be empirically tested right you know when you're when you're communicating or when you're innovating a new product or service you can literally codify and quantify whether you are meaningful and whether you are different and part of that is you know it starts from the very beginning uh, you know about your what, as i said before your brand strategy sure. like what sort of personality does your brand have what what statements what what actions can you believably attach to it how should you communicate what are your brand assets that are distinctive in the marketplace how do you use those and you know it can either come even come down to sort of a color or something like that that just appears every now and then in the ads treatment that that can reinforce your meaningful sure. difference and i think one of the things that we do as a sort of data and insights company is we help brands maintain their meaningful difference over yeah. time you know it's not necessarily the case that you have to come up with a new ad campaign every single time for you know for your products or, or your services you know there can be long running campaigns can maintain meaningful difference and build brand memories and associations over time so as i said these things are quantifiable we measure them we yeah. measure them in our brand tracking we measure them in in other products and services um, that we sell to our clients and if brands do want to stand out in a kind of sea of either product clutter or communications yeah. clutter yeah it's something they need to take very seriously and remember you're not just competing in your own category so much anymore either as 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 brands start to diversify and innovate themselves you know you're not only competing with I don't know, other streaming providers. If you're a streaming provider, you might sure. be competing with Broadcaster VOD or, or cinema. Yeah. So yeah. so you have to kind of like maintain a broad view about what being meaningful and different means. But it helps you also to drive other things like maintain margins, for example, as well. So there are sort of proper sort of marketing underpinnings to this framework um, that help to create your brand's value. Do you think it's important to hire a communications professional, maybe within your marketing team, somebody who specifically deals with comms? Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because traditionally, that is the job of the CMO. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, the marketing director, whatever yeah. you call it, has, you know, it's their role to, to oversee and coordinate the, the entire sort of spectrum of marketing uh, levers that they have at hand. Now, if yeah. we come, if we're kind of zooming right into... Is it meaningful? Does the brand meet people's needs and do they feel connected to it? Is it different? Is it perceived as a trendsetter? Is it is it unique yeah. in its category or, or, or others? You know, does somebody need to focus on that? Then yes. And I would have thought that is the purview of the, of the marketing team. Now, then what you actually think about is what are the KPIs of, of, of the marketing team? are you measuring the right things and are you reporting the right things and if you start if you have to measure things and report things yeah. they're the things that you tend to focus on so sure. you know it's the high level sort of metrics and you would think and we know from our work on um, the brand z you know global brands that you know meaningful difference does drive brand value and brand value can be mm 
better sustained um, and and uh, recovered, you know, during a and post a recession if you have a strong brand. So it's actually the purview of the CEO as well. You know, it should be the whole board should be interested in this. So yes, I think it is somebody's responsibility. It also means yeah, you have to test and measure the right things. Yeah, that's that's the answer. Yeah, uh, you mentioned earlier that a lot of this costs money. A lot of running running these little campaigns and 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 sort mm. of like you know making a standing up for social issues and that it all costs money and time and and whatever. Um, how do we persuade? You know the board from keeping the margin marketing budget at a decent level, especially if we're going into recession at the moment, particularly for social issues. But because that that that's not necessarily sometimes thought of as driving revenue, is it? No, and that's why I think you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily start there. You, mm. you would, I think, first of all, obviously start thinking about you know why do we even do this in the first place where we we need to build you know uh, create value for our brand because it helps us in 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 the market we need to communicate our products and services otherwise people won't know about them yeah, they yeah. won't they won't perceive them as meaningful or different they won't buy them or they won't consider buying them next yeah. time they're in the market for that that thing i think the other the other aspect is that competitive world nobody operates in a in a silo and where all your competitors are advertising somehow you do need to position yourselves appropriately so you need to understand what they're doing but you wouldn't start necessarily with the brief of how do we communicate on sustainability you'd sure. start with a strategy for the year which is how do we how do we need to communicate our brand what role yeah. does sustainability play in that yeah. And then you can kind of ladder down to kind of which channels and which audiences and all that kind of stuff. But if you start at the top, you know, ultimately what you're trying to do is maintain and create your, your brand's sustainable value. Yeah. And that focusing only on sustainability isn't necessarily the answer for yeah. many brands. Yeah. It's fascinating. I could chat for ages and ages about this because I'm not sure, but I think I'm getting a little bit tired of brands behaving like people. A little bit. Yeah. What yeah. do you mean by that? Well, having too much of a personality. Mm. Yeah. And a slight, well, I mean, I'm not fed up with it yet, but I do yeah. roll my eyes sometimes, particularly when I'm scrolling through <laughs> social media. I roll my eyes and go, for God's sake, just, yeah. look, you're trying to sell me cheese or something. <laughs> You know, whatever. Well, then you, the thing is, you do end up then with, because obviously, you know, if you're a social media manager for a brand, yeah. you know, obviously you have to have some kind of personality. Yeah. And, you know, you, we've seen lots of examples of where these communications between brands or between have been very witty and, and very funny. But there's a mismatch between then, you know, the kind of the broad, more broadcast type communications go sure. out. You think, yeah. well, actually, it yeah. could be, it almost could be two different brands. Now, you know, you're right then you don't necessarily have to behave as people, but where you are interacting yeah. individually on the fly, you do have to have some kind of um, personality in the broadest sense of the word. But what you don't want to do is create a massive kind of gulf between that and your broadcast communication. Sure. So it has to be sort of credible, you know, and I think there are reactive cons that can happen on social media yeah. um, that can kind of, get a bit of you know pr value and that sure. sort of thing but ultimately you know the bulk of the effort and the bulk of the 
what you're doing is usually to broader audiences than yeah. to somebody on a particular social media channel who might or yeah. might not see that thing in their newsfeed. So, I, you know, it's, it's partly a customer sort of service tool, but it's also partly a, a PR tool, yeah. um, some of that. But social media broadly can play a whole host of different roles in communications. Oh, and yeah, I think yeah. that's what brands need to understand. understand and so yeah, you need yeah. to understand yeah. how valuable they are um, and what they're actually contributing to know how much effort to put into them. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Jane, where can we find you? Where can we find Kantar? Where's all your social media bits and links and things? Yeah, well, Kantar.com is uh, the main place to find us. We are at Kantar on Twitter as well. For um, now, and... for now. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And we're on LinkedIn as well, actually. Cool. Um, yeah, find us on LinkedIn too. And we do publish all of our, you know, publicly available research we put on those platforms. So you can find a whole host of insights there. Fantastic. Jane, thanks ever so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Good to talk, John. Thanks again to Jane for her time. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favourite podcast player. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.